Welcome to the Captain Paul Watson Foundation podcast. I'm your host, Charlie, and I'm joined today with Captain Paul Watson and Lamia SM Lally. Paul and Lamia, how are you both doing today? Doing well. Doing great. Thank you. Wonderful. And you all are joining us from the ship. Is that correct? Yeah, we're here in the uh, English Channel right now on the Ocean Killer campaign. Okay. And, and Paul, I would be remiss if I didn't wish you a belated happy birthday. Oh, thank you. You're, you're very welcome. Um, so how is the Ocean Killer? Ca- well, actually, let me take a step back for some of our listeners. Can you, Paul or, or Lamia, explain what is the Ocean Killer campaign? Uh, the Ocean Killers campaign is focusing on the super trawlers that come every year uh, in French waters. Not only in French waters, actually, they are very active in Northern Europe, uh, in Africa as well. But um, over the past few years, we noticed that uh, a lot of them were um, gathering in the in the English Channel and the North Sea. Uh, and at this time of the year, uh, we used to send um, a small boat, uh, which is very limited in what we can do. So this year, we decided to uh, partner with the Captain Paul Watson Foundation and Sea Shepherd France. So we have both ships, uh, two ships involved. So the John Paul de Joria and the Walrus, which is a, a smaller vessel. And um, yeah, the objective is to... Um, spread, uh, um, put the spotlights on what these super trawlers are doing because there is a huge lack of uh, awareness and knowledge on uh, the capacities of these guys and um, the impact of that kind of fishing on the on the marine ecosystem. So how do these, and, and super trawlers, these are, you know, huge ships, but how do they go about fishing? What, what methods are they using to extract the fish? Um. Most of them are uh, pelagic trawlers, so they have a huge uh, net that can be uh, 600 meters long uh, that is being uh, um, uh, towed in in the water. And um, uh, there is there is bycatch in in that kind of fishing, but the most um, detrimental um, impact is that they actually wipe out uh, wipe out entire uh, schools of fish, and they are depleting. Um, the fish that are the main preys of uh, top predators. So they are literally starving predators. And this is something that we have um, seen uh, increasing over the past few years with uh, predators, marine mammals uh, in particular, uh, stranding in shore, um, starved to death. And also we have uh, a link with uh, the, the dolphin bycatch campaign that Sea Shepherd France has been doing since 2018 because the, the, the huge bycatch of dolphins near the coast uh, is due to the fact that they have nothing left to eat further away from, from shore. Mm-hmm. And the scientists and the fishermen, everyone, uh, noticed that the dolphins over the past few years came closer to, to, to the coast to, to find for uh, to find the uh, fish, right? Mm-hmm. So they have the choice between starving to death um, further away or being killed near the coast by, uh, by the fishermen nets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one full net that we saw yesterday could feed 30,000 seals. Wow. And and what fish are they actually trying to catch? What, what is the target for the super trawler? Uh, most of them are targeting herring mm-hmm. and um, merlon bleu. I don't know how you said it in English. Blue whiting. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is, is that they, um, you know, these aren't fish that people can eat. 
These are they're, they're, the most of the fish are squished into these nets and pulled on and they're brought on board. They're rendered into fish meal. And that isn't something that people eat. The fish meal is then uh, converted, uh, you know, into food for factory farms, for chickens, for pigs, for domestic salmon. So uh, it's uh, not many people are aware of that. They, that this, these giant factory vessels are out here uh, really uh, collecting food for the factory farms of, of Europe. They also fish to make very highly processed food. Um, and for example, some uh, frozen fish that uh, uh, is not being sold as um, it's a panure. I don't know how you say like it. Fish sticks. Yeah, fish sticks, right. Mm. So that's also one of the things that this uh, this vessel fish for. So it's it's not for fresh fish, uh, fish for human consumption, for sure. Mm. And, and what companies, is is it one company or a few companies that own a lot of these ships or are they spread out and, and what countries i guess do these ships hail from there is a very high concentration of these vessels uh in into the hands of uh, three main um companies that are dutch mm. uh, so they own um the biggest super trawlers in the world um and uh yeah, they uh, they also um, get most of the quotas, and they are in a kind of uh, unfair competition with the coastal fishermen, with an impact uh, that is also negative on the on the ecosystem because the coastal fishermen who don't have the quotas um, try to get fish that are not under quotas, mm. which in itself is. I mean, insane. I mean, how could they not be quotas on on fish species? I mean, it's like a no limits catch. It's it's crazy. Um, but to 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 become um, uh, viable um, to make profits, the the coastal fishermen have to fish even more to compensate the fact that the high valued uh, fish is basically reserved to. Uh, to the super trawlers, so it 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 has a very um, vicious. It's a very vicious circle, and it's um, unfair socially and environmentally speaking. It's a disaster, and ethically speaking, it's also unacceptable. Yeah, more and more fish are being taken by fewer and fewer people. So, a lot few, a lot less people are employed uh, in this fishing industry, but the companies involved are making greater profits. And I understand that. Um... Some companies, uh, specifically in England and other places, are selling their quotas to these larger companies, these Dutch companies. Is that is that correct? Yes, because there is a kind of free market for quotas. Cool. And basically, um, because these huge companies have the money, they can they can pr uh, buy them for more. So the smaller uh, fishermen cannot compete. Mm. And it's like it's a very capitalistic uh way of, of doing things and basically you the, the result is that you have very very few companies that actually take most of the quotas because they can afford it so okay so in in large part we have a dutch company with huge super trawlers that are fishing in waters that aren't their territorial waters per se but are they allowed to because of these quotas or are they fishing in places that they shouldn't be to begin with Oh, well, the answer is both. Okay. 
they have they have quotas because they buy quotas of other countries um and so they are allowed to go there and fish there uh but at the same time they they do illegal practices because there is no control whatsoever mm. there are no cameras on board there are no observers on board and when when they are at sea they, they do pretty much what they what they want to do and they uh, land all their catch in the netherlands so the fish that they fish in france is being uh landed in the netherlands wow so, and, and you mentioned that there aren't any observers on their boat at all. So there's no one to regulate what they're catching or, or what the bycatch looks like. So what role uh, can Sea Shepherd France and the Captain Paul Watson Foundation play in uh, providing some, you know, overview or, you know, um, just keeping eyes on them? It's all about uh, getting the issue out there. We need to bring the spotlights out there. We need to make people aware of the situation. Most of people don't have a clue. They 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 don't know. Uh, first of all, the size, the capacity of these vessels, but also the the rules and the fact that they pretty much do what they want, and and that they are highly subsidized. I mean, all European taxpayers are paying for these guys to destroy the ocean, wow. and, and people don't know about it. So we need to have the media talk about it. We need to have the public opinion raise against it, because it's the only way to change the regulations. Mm -hmm. So I understand there's something called the Marine Stewardship Council, that gives a blue tick to certain species of fish that say that, you know, we're fishing these uh, sustainably. Um, is there any validity in the Marine uh, Stewardship Council or is that all bogus? Well, I don't believe there's such a thing as sustainable commercial fishing. It just doesn't exist. But certainly these super trawlers, uh, if they fall into the that category that they're being endorsed by the Marine Stewardship Council, then there's something definitely wrong. There's nothing even remotely sustainable about these uh, huge super trawlers. It is the case, actually. Uh, several of these super trawlers, uh, some of their fishing grounds, are actually uh, labelized and endorsed by the Marine Stewardship Council. Mm, yeah. So, so basically, they're you know the, the consumer thinks when they you know are purchasing certain products that these are quote unquote sustainable products when really it's it's all just smoke and mirrors, I guess. Well, you know, the Marine Stewardship Council isn't going to be giving their endorsement for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a, there's certainly money to be, just follow the money, I guess, is the best way to, to view that. Right. Well, you know, labels like the Marine Stewardship Council or Friends of the Sea or whatever their name is, they answer um, a need for the public to feel good about eating fish because more and more people are aware of the situation and many people don't want to give up on eating fish. So what do they do? Well, they go for a labelized fish and basically these guys are just selling good conscience. conscience. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to go back to, to the bycatch issue when, when they're bringing up, uh, you know, a sea turtle or a dolphin in their net, what happens to to that animal do do any of them survive i mean are they just you know dead when they get pulled in what does that look like everything in that net is going to die uh you know whether they be orcas in the uh in the bering sea in those trolley nets or, or or seals and dolphins over here nothing goes into those nets and comes out alive wow and and yet they're to my knowledge they're not required to report uh whatever bycatch uh, is in those nets. They're not, they're not, no, they are, 
they are required to, uh, oh, to okay. report it. Okay. Uh, not seabirds, but uh, marine mammals. They are at least in in France in in Europe they are required to report. But the problem is that I mean nothing forces them to report, and that was a, a main issue we had on the dolphin bycatch campaign that we were documenting those fishing vessels with dolphins in their nets, and then we were uh, finding out that they had never reported them. And we know I mean it, this is a scientific uh, estimation of the numbers of dolphins being killed between five and ten thousand being killed each year on the Bay of Biscay in France, right? Mm-hmm. And there was less than 5% of reporting. So the fishermen just don't report it. And it, they are obliged to do so by, by law, but they don't do it. Mm, okay. So for our listeners uh, that are hearing this for the first time and are you know outraged by you know, what's going on, what can, what can they do as consumers and as citizens to uh, bring more attention to this? Well, you know, every every time someone asks me that question, uh, and even though if we live on donations, we can do our campaigns for donations. But before um, uh, advising people to uh, make us a donation, what, what I tell people is that, I mean, the, the biggest gesture, the most effective thing you can do to actually defend and protect the ocean is to leave the fish in the ocean. That's how you will be the most uh, impactful because overfishing is the number one threat on marine life today. So, and I wanted to ask you, I guess, about specifically about the campaign. Um, you all have been out at sea for a few days now. Um, how's it going? Right now we're, uh, we're, we're sort of weathering the storm for a few days, but uh, we were chasing uh, one of the super trawlers uh, for a couple of days and, uh, We'll be returning to that uh, pursuit as soon as the storm abates. Uh, we got the first footage of uh, two of the super trawlers, um, and uh, we plan on doing more. Um, but also, the the thing is, for example, last year we had in a very very uh, limited area about ten of these super trawlers, and this year they are more spread out. Mm. So it's it's more difficult also for us because we have to pick one and be there at the right time when they uh, pull out their nets. But even though we managed to get footage of the of the pulling of the net, and it's very 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 impressive. I imagine your all's presence there is bothersome to the super trawler crew and what they're trying to do. Well, the super trawler captain has attacked uh, us, also attacked me personally. Uh, He actually said something so bizarre that he said that uh, I just have to tell everybody every day that Paul Watson's a murderer and people will start to believe it right out of the school of Joseph Goebbels propaganda, really. (laughs) Uh, He also has the impression that what he's doing is all all right because he said you know you people really should stop telling lies about us and uh you know and do something good for the world in other words just leave us alone and let us continue to plunder the ocean and uh and uh because we're doing the right thing according to him okay well you know i i wish you both uh continued success in in chasing down these super trawlers and and bringing that to light I, I did want to ask you both, it, it's been an interesting year uh, for Sea Shepherd France and for the Captain Paul Watson Foundation. So, Salami, so I'll start with you. I wanted to ask you, uh, what's one of your uh, proudest accomplishments uh, that Sea Shepherd France has accomplished here in 2023? Mm. Well, campaign-wise, I could say we are proud that uh, we, we obtained uh, a huge victory on the highest jurisdiction in France 
state council that um, condemned the French government to uh, to close some fisheries to defend the dolphins. That was a huge uh, victory. We also saved dozens and dozens of turtles in Mayotte, which is very, very um, satisfying. Um, but I would say uh, I'm proud that Tichipot France resisted the takeover of the four <laughs> four traders that took global over and uh, i'm i'm really proud that we we have been able to um uh to help paul in that whole story um and i know that my whole team and the french supporters are 100% um with paul on this situation and we are still fighting to uh to to make things right so the next um uh, date that's going to be important is the is December twentieth, uh, because we have a trial in Amsterdam, where we actually uh, attacked the the four directors of Global for uh, illegally dismissing Paul and I, and uh, the judge will rule uh, as to whether uh, that uh, dismissal was um, uh, valid or not. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. And then we have another trial in January in Paris this time because they are suing us for the use of the logo and the name, which is crazy when you think that Tichipot France um, was uh, created in 2006 and Tichipot Global was created in 2013. <laughs> so they are much younger than us. And yet they, they want us uh, to, to stop using the name and logo that Paul created. Right. Right. Yeah, it's an ongoing battle, and I think it's a it's a interesting interesting one. Uh, it's kind of common, you know, when when um, NGOs become big and powerful and notorious, and you have some people involved in in that that gets I don't know it, it get to their heads and and they forget why they got involved in the first place, and they forget who make made it possible for them to get there. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of uh, uh, ingratitude and uh, selfishness and and treason, uh, not only towards Paul, um, but also towards everyone who's been involved in Sea Shepherd, all the supporters, um, all those who put their faith and hopes into Sea Shepherd, they betrayed all these people. So Paul, same question to you. Um, the, the foundation, you know, just got started uh, not so long ago. So I guess, what are you most proud of that you've accomplished here in 2023? Well, it was a big struggle. We had to, uh, you know, within a short period of time, secure a good ship. And then we did our first campaign to Iceland. Upon arrival in Iceland, there was a, the government put a temporary ban on uh, whaling. And uh, so we showed up, no whaling, so we had to move on to the Faroe Islands and uh, cause some problems over there, create some controversy over there. But um, we're going to be returning to Iceland uh, in 2024 uh, with the objective of making sure that no whales are killed in Iceland. I think that we can be able to, we'll be able to accomplish that. Uh, the majority of the population of Iceland against whaling, uh, the government's against whaling, but Christian Lawson, the wealthiest man in uh, Iceland, uh, has a lot of political and uh, financial power, and he intends to do it, and, well, we intend to stop him. Of course, now we're working on a, the Ocean Killer campaign with uh, Sea Shepherd France, and, um, and, you know, I think that's going to have an impact as far as raising awareness of, uh, of what's going on out here, getting the attention of the European uh, politicians uh, over what's happening. I mean, we got uh, small fishermen along the coast of Ireland or France or the UK. Uh, they're sitting at home with their little boats that can't go anywhere because they, they're not 
and watch these huge factory ships uh, come in and take everything while well, they can't do a well they can't do a thing and uh you know i'm against all fishing but uh you know there's really a level of uh, unfairness when you look at the fact that these big corporations can have everything and the small fishing communities are, are deprived of everything else so um lamia i wanted to also ask um what are you most looking forward to uh for next year in 2024 uh, what kind of goals i guess do you have for sea shepherd france well Many, many projects, really. Um, we, we also opened uh, the first uh, Sea Shepherd um, uh, care center for wildlife in Brittany. So for next year, we intend to uh, make that grow. We want to build uh, a seal hospital there. So it's it's really exciting. And and do campaigns with uh, with Paul and the Jean-Paul de Joria. Uh, I think um, the Jean-Paul de Joria and the Warriors, which is the new ship of Sea Shepherd France, are very complementary because the Jean-Paul de Joria is like massive and, you know, sends a message and the Warriors is uh, very maneuverable and very fast. And so they really complement each other. And uh, I'm really looking forward to all the great campaigns we can do together. Yeah. Same question to you, Paul. What, what are you excited about for 2024? Well, in 2024, my, my main focus will be trying is to end the killing of whales uh, in Icelandic waters by Christian Lawson. So we'll be putting a lot of um, energy into that. And also we'll be watching out very carefully uh, the uh, operations of the Japanese whaling companies because they just completed the construction of a, an alternative uh, factory ship to replace the retired Nishan Maru. The only reason they need a factory ship is to go back to the Southern Ocean. So if they return to the Southern Ocean, then we have to be prepared to return to the Southern Ocean to once again stop them from killing whales in the Southern Ocean Whale Sanctuary, which is a violation of international conservation law. Yeah. Well, look, I wanted to thank you both for joining me today. I really appreciate you both carving out time while you're on campaign out there at sea. And um, since this is probably the last time I'll speak with both of you before the end of the year, I also wanted to thank you both for your leadership um, with you know both organizations. I think it's it's been an interesting year for us, but um, we've been very successful. And uh, it's in large part due to the dedication that you both have and the determination that both of you share. So thank you both for everything that you both do. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. All right. Well, best of luck and uh, go get them. All the best to you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Wanted to make a couple of quick announcements. The Paul Watson Foundation has a holiday season goal of raising $100,000. So if you're able to help us meet that goal, you can go to paulwatsonfoundation.org and there you'll see uh, options for you to donate. Also want to let you know that the best way to find out what's going on at the Paul Watson Foundation is to sign up for our newsletters. Uh, You can also do that uh, at our website and certainly you can follow us on uh, the different social media outlets. Uh, We post regularly about things that are going on. And lastly, um, I know many of you were interested in beanies and caps, and we do have them in in stock on our store. Uh, That is shop.paulwatson.com. This episode is brought to you by Micromesticius Potasso.
If the oceans die, we die.